Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Isn't, isn't Mr. Rob great? Yeah. I, I mean, that's a guy that I want to follow. Mr. Rob Susan. So, so all of you who've uh, joined us online, if you're on our YouTube, hit the subscribe button. We want you to do that. Or go to Bethesda's Children's Ministry page and definitely subscribe to that because there's Mr. Rob Susan. And if we do that, if we go there and we subscribe, you know what's gonna happen? Mr. Rob Susan He's going to grow more and more followers, and he's going to become what's called, in the whole digital world, he's going to be called an influencer. The more subscribers, the more he'll become an influencer. See, when it comes to this space, this place, it's not really a place, the World Wide Web or the Internet, and I know there's differences, but whatever, When it comes to that, there's this official position, and it's called influencer. And here's the definition that I read I want to share with you about what an influencer is. An influencer is someone who develops a following and can influence the decisions of those in the following based on specialized knowledge, authority, or insight into a specific field. Most often, an influencer is attempting to sway the purchasing decisions of their following. And why is that? Why would they be attempting to sway purchasing decisions? Well, it's mainly because they have a sponsor. They have someone who is paying them. They're getting remunerated for sharing their influence or using the power of their influence. So they make money, and they can make a lot of money. Influencers can knock back some cash. There's no doubt about that. But then there's also these influencers, like Mr. Rob Susan. And his motivation isn't all about money. He'd rather see people read their Bible and love others and love and worship God. And he, he certainly wants others to tell about Jesus. So there's the paid influencers, and then there's these types of influencers like Mr. Rob. But I'll tell you what, Mr. Rob is way outnumbered. Out there on that thing called the World Wide Web, Mr. Rob Susan is outnumbered by all the influencers who want a paycheck. And they want more money for their influencing. And let me tell you, those influencers, they have influence. And they are influencing the coming generations. There is no doubt about that. There, uh, th- there might be someone in your sphere, a young person, someone in elementary school, high school, Ask them what they want to be when they grow up. And you might hear 
I want to be an influencer. There was a survey done not too long ago, 2019. It was done in the UK. Over 2,000 parents in Britain were uh, surveyed. Parents that had at least one child between the ages of 11 and 16. And they were asked this question. What career would you most like your child to go into when they grow up? Let me give you the top three answers. Now, this is parents telling us what they would like their children to choose. What path they want their children to follow. Where do they want their kids to end up? Top three answers. Lawyer, 29%. Doctor, 28%. And I'll let the doctors and the lawyers argue about that. And then teacher, 24%. So that's nearly 75%, nearly three quarters of the parents would be dreaming that their child would take up one of these noble professions, lawyer, doctor, teacher. And then the survey asked another question. What has your child told you that they would want to be when they're older? And here's the top three answers again. Doctor, 18%. Social media influencer. That was the number two answer at 17%. Number three, YouTuber. YouTuber comes in at 14%. So in the top three, the majority there, they want to be online. They want to be this influencer because... Whether they answer influencer or YouTuber, YouTubers, they want to be influencers. Now, I looked at a study also from the U.S. It was done in 2019, again, pretty recently, and there's similar trends. Now, this one was a little broader in terms of the scope of people. The age bracket was uh, 16 to 38, 13 to 38, 13 to 38. So that's uh, middle schoolers all the way through some still uh, relatively young adults, 54% would become an influencer. If they were given the opportunity, they would do that. And now, again, what's the motivation? What's, what's the motivation to be an influencer? Well, I mentioned money. That's, of course. In the UK survey, with these kids that were between 11 and 16, that question was asked to the parents. Why would your child want to be this? And the answer, over 60% fell into these categories. The money, the fame, or more friends. Why would your kids want to be an online influencer? Money, fame, or friends? What, what about the noble motivation? Like, hey, let's make the world a better place. Or let's lead people to more productive lives. Or, or like what the treehouse, the treehouse videos promote. How about Jesus and reading your Bible and worshiping God and, and loving others and loving the Lord? Well, there was one more category about what would motivate people. And it was just called other. Well, that was 10%. About 10% would do these things for other motivations and that's where I would believe a good, noble 
motivation would lie. Not that it's a bad thing to want to earn a living. Please don't get me wrong. But the idea of money and fame and friends, it's a little bit more. To be known or have this desire to be known as the influencer, it's mostly about that money and popularity. And I know it's, it's in front of our face. It's really pervasive because we have this digital world, the internet, and the world wide web. But way before the internet was invented, way before that happened, there were still people that were motivated by money and popularity and had a desire to influence. That's for sure. People have craved and they've cultivated followings long before there was digital world and social media. And this morning, I'm going to touch on an example that was an event in the life of Jesus, in the ministry of Jesus, and it's in Matthew chapter 16. And this is where we're going to draw out some life application today. Matthew chapter 16, I want to give you just a bit of background before we open up that section of the Word of God, a little bit of setup. Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, and thousands, thousands were following him. He had developed a following, but it wasn't all about money. They followed him right up a hillside. He was performing miracles. The word, the word tells us he was healing people, healing the blind. He was restoring the mute. He was uh, helping the crippled and the lame to come back to full function, to walk, to move their limbs. And this occurred for a few days. He was up on this hillside for three days and people were getting hungry. They hadn't eaten. So Jesus had compassion and he wanted to feed them. So another miracle a few loaves of bread, a few small fish, and Jesus fed, we're told, 4,000 men, plus all the women and children who were in attendance. That's well over 4,000. That's thousands and thousands of people. And then, start of Matthew chapter 15, we read, after this amazing, Miracle. Think about it. People have been healed of blindness. And mute people couldn't talk are now talking. People couldn't walk are now walking. And then Jesus miraculously feeds thousands. And what occurred next? The Pharisees and Sadducees that were there said this to Jesus. Show us a sign. Huh? What? Hello? They demanded a sign. I don't even understand that. I mean, this, this grand miracle had just occurred. They demanded a sign. I don't know if Matthew edited anything that Jesus said, if he tempered it. Jesus, he said, you can... Interpret the sky. You know that if the sky is 
red in the evening, you're going to have a great day tomorrow. You know if the sky is red in the morning, eh, probably a storm is coming. But you can't see the signs right before you. What a wicked and adulterous generation. And I don't know if Matthew edited, as I said. I don't know if he held back. A wicked and adulterous generation wanting a sign. The king of kings had been standing before them for days doing signs and wonders. And after this, Jesus stepped in a boat with his disciples and he headed for the other side of the lake. And I would say, I would do the same thing after being treated like that. So let's pick it up. Matthew 16, verses 5 through 12. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They discussed this amongst themselves and said, it is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you have little faith. Why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves and the five, for the 5,000? And how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000? And how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These Pharisees and Sadducees, they were the influencers of the day. They had developed followings. They had developed their followings based on their specialized authority and their knowledge of the Jewish religion. These Pharisees and Sadducees, they were two groups, and they had two different interpretations about what it meant to be a devout Jew. The Pharisees, they practiced an intense form of legalism. And the Sadducees opposed many of the ways of the Pharisees. There were doctrines they just did not agree on. And they were more liberal in their approach to the interpretation of the faith. And we might call these two groups the right and the left. Now, either way, either way, the left or the right, they were influencers. And they influenced many to conform to their polluted form of faith. And Jesus called them out as hypocritical. And there's no greater example, I think, uh, of the influence of these groups than the example of when Jesus was standing before the Roman governor, Pilate. He'd been falsely accused, and the Gospels tell us that there were chief priests there. And the chief priests they could be either Pharisees 
or Sadducees. They were more often Sadducees, but they were there. And they persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. That's in Matthew chapter 27. Influencers, they persuaded the crowd to turn on Jesus. In Mark 15, it says they stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Jesus. These influencers turned the people who a week before had honored Jesus as king. They showed him praise and adulation and put palms before him a week before. And now these influencers, they were able to get this crowd to turn and to shout, crucify him. Jesus warned his disciples, be careful. In the King James, it says, watch out. Mr. Rob Susan said, be alert. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And we can see why. But Jesus' disciples, they just didn't understand the imagery he was using. They just didn't get it, this yeast example. They knew yeast was about bread. So they, they began to talk amongst themselves. Well, Jesus must be talking about yeast because, well, we forgot the bread. We forgot the bread. Oh, what are we going to do? No, no, no. They were with Jesus. What in the world are they talking about bread for? And he reminded them, hey, 5,000 people, 5,000 men. What was that? What was that to me? We had, what, seven fish, seven loaves? Fed 5,000. Then he reminds them about the 4,000. And that was recent. Just fed 4,000. What do we have? A couple of fish, a few loaves of bread. It's no wonder he said, oh, you of little faith. It's not about the bread. It's not about the bread. I can feed you. Don't you get it? I just fed thousands. So be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then, boom, the light bulb went on. They got it. Jesus is talking about the teaching, the doctrines of these influencers, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Right. The ones he had just called a wicked and adulterous generation. What they offer, their influence, it's like a, a yeast. It's a kind of a yeast. And what did the disciples know about that? Oh, bread was a staple. They knew you put this little bitty amount of yeast into a lump of dough and something happens. The dough begins to puff itself up. The yeast works through the dough. And sometimes you got to beat it down, beat that bread down, it comes back up. That's, that's about the extent of their knowledge. It was used to make bread, but a little bit went a long way. If you let a little bit, a little bit of the teaching of these so-called leaders, if you let it in, it's going to spread. It's going to spread through you. It's going to spread through others like yeast through a ball of dough. It's a great image. And what spreads, it can't be a good thing. 
Jesus could not have meant it to be something good because he said, watch out, watch out, be on your guard. The yeast that these so-called leaders offer, it's rancid, it's rotten. They were puffed up. They were puffed up. There's, a, there's another image we can get out of this, this dough puffing up. These leaders were puffed up in themselves, and they were spreading a condition called pride that Jesus said was hypocrisy. Just a bit, just a small, a, a, a minuscule amount of their prideful influence. It's like leaven in a lump of dough. And it could bring one to destruction. It could turn one who honored Jesus to say, crucify him, kill him. That's how bad they were. You, Jesus would say of these influencers later, woe to you, woe to you. You travel all over the land and see to make a single convert. And when you've succeeded... You make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. That's some pretty strong words. And he brought them in Matthew chapter 24. So be on guard. Be on guard. And how might we apply that today to this on guard, this warning of Jesus? How might we apply it in our own lives? Well, think about how you're influenced Consider the influencers that you allow, that you open the door to, that you let sway you. Where is their influence taking you? The teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees led people away from God. Jesus would say it's leading them to hell. Took them away from God's word. Took them away from God's heart. The Pharisees practiced a form of Strict legalism, and that strict legalism neglected mercy and compassion. That, that legalism, it's, it's like erecting brick walls, firm boundaries. And to the Pharisees, those, those were boundaries that just could not be breached. They rejected the signs and the miracles that Jesus performed. They remained obstinately skeptical, unbelievers. There was a man who couldn't walk. He had been lame for 38 years. Jesus said to that man, get up. Healed him on the spot. Pick up your mat. And what did these Pharisees have to say about that? Sinner, sinner, you picked up your mat on a Sabbath day. Imagine that. Imagine you sitting for 38 years, not being able to get up. Jesus comes along and heals you, and the first thing out of the mouth of the leaders of the faith is you're a sinner. How terrible is that? This is the walls they erected. Can't, no, we, can't, we cannot have any form of mercy or compassion. It's a Sabbath day. You are a sinner. They, they erected these impregnable walls of a pharisaical legalism and it blocked mercy and compassion and remember Jesus had just chided these leaders who had wanted a sign you want signs you're missing the signs you can read the clouds all right but your walled off hearts have missed 
mercy and compassion. You're missing out on the Messiah. You're totally and completely focused on the wrong thing. Has anything influenced you ever to take your focus off of Jesus? To take your focus off of his truth, the truth of his word. Anything that's influenced you to to maybe look a different direction. There are spiritual influencers and they're online and they're in pulpits and they're in places of influence. And some of us would Some of them would would have us put up walls. And they pervert words. They pervert words. We've talked about words like judge and judging and, and justice. And they pervert tolerance and compassion and love. And there's a wall that goes up against the word of God. Love and compassion become license for anything goes. Anything goes because of love and compassion and tolerance. But true love and true compassion, that which Jesus preached and that which Jesus modeled, it was love and compassion to lead people to a place of repentance, to lead people to a place of turning away from that anything goes attitude and being saved, saved from their sin and saved from hell. Some preach those things and some preach social platforms and some might uh, push political platforms instead of the gospel platform, the gospel of Jesus Christ, his platform. Have Have you been influenced by one like that? Or how about one that, that might transact in gossip? There's tons of that. Are you influenced by someone who tells you secondhand or thirdhand about someone else? Or maybe about the church? Or maybe about even the pastor? The leadership? I mean, abuses like the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, it abounds. And it might tend toward legalism, it might tend toward liberalism. And if it comes across as so zealous, you know, sometimes we get taken in. We, get, we can get taken in by a zealous influencer. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were genuinely zealous. Well, they were sincere in their belief that they were right and, and anyone else following Jesus were wrong. And they were corrupting a people, leading them away from God's truth. Paul would write to the church in Rome about this zealousness. He wrote in Romans chapter 10, verses 2 to 4, I can testify about them. They are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, They did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. How are you being influenced? Is it influenced by some zealous person who's so persuasive, but they're not taking you to the truth? Is it influence that steers you away from Jesus? Influence that 
takes you away from his righteousness. It may be a self-righteousness. How are you being influenced? And how are you influencing? It doesn't matter. If we got a digital presence, it doesn't matter if we even know what social media means. It doesn't matter if you have never touched a digital device in your life. All of us are influencers. We influence others in all of our daily activities. What we do, what we say, how we conduct ourselves. It all carries with it influence. And it can be positive or it can be negative. Jesus said, be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, this negative influence. Well, let's be also on guard about the yeast that we pass on to others. But Jesus used this image of yeast in both a negative and a positive context. The yeast of the Pharisees, negative. How about some positive? How about some positive? I give you a one-sentence parable of Jesus. It's in Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. One sentence. It says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked through all the dough. That's it. That's the parable. No explanation from Jesus. But we could we could interpret that as positive. The yeast of the Pharisees, negative. The yeast of the kingdom, positive. If we think about it in terms of influence, this yeast, it's just a little bit. Both are a little bit. Yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees, the yeast of the kingdom, both are a little bit that can become infectious. And on the one hand, it's an infection that leads to disaster, like, like a spreading of a destructive cancer. And on the other hand, it's something that proliferates positively. It broadens and it's constructively adding and building the kingdom of God. And which will it be? Let's let any leaven that we spread be that which is working the gospel of Jesus Christ, working the truth, working the word of God, things that extol the cross and the sacrifice that Jesus made for every single one of us, that he came to this world to save us from our sin and, and to give us eternal life. In our text, Jesus chided his followers. Oh, you have little faith. The Pharisees demanded a sign after witnessing 4,000 get fed. Wicked and adulterous generation. But the followers of Jesus, they weren't tracking very well either. They were thinking about their next meal, concerned about bread. They were standing in the very presence of their provider, the very one who could provide them with anything. He would take care of them. He'd proved it time and again. 
Let's be of the mind to share that kind of faith. Faith in, in one who will take care of us no matter what comes. Let's share the yeast of our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, our provider who will take care of everything. Let's not be influenced by the culture or the latest social trends or whatever the political climate is. You know, we live in a world, we operate in a society, that's for sure. And certainly we can strive to be good citizens and we can be involved citizens, but let's not be defined by the culture. Let's not be defined by our politics. Let's be defined by Jesus. How about we be defined by Jesus and that's our identity and that's what we share. You know, not legalism or liberalism, but the truth of his word. And let's influence others with that truth. Man, some might say, oh, it's hard to do, it's hard to do. You know, the, we're all, the country's going to heck in a handbasket. I read this, I saw this article, had this headline. Protestant Christianity is booming in China. Let me just give you a little excerpt. In 2014, a man named Xi Belong, the Communist Party chief in Zhejiang, a coastal province, oversaw a campaign to remove more than 1,500 crosses from places of worship in the province. Bibles were confiscated. Pastors were locked up. It certainly did Mr. Xi's career no harm. He was promoted by Xi Jinping, Chinese president, first to a plum job in Beijing, and then as head of the office overseeing Hong Kong and my coup affairs. Since Mr. Xi Jinping came to power in 2012, the government has tightened its controls of religious groups. Preachers face, face harsh surveillance. Now, despite all this, despite all that, pastors having their, their churches destroyed or crosses knocked down, Bibles confiscated. There were, I've read of some of the, the Chinese pastors being put in prison for years. Despite it all, the article goes on to say, as for China's Christians, their numbers continue to grow. Protestant Christianity is probably the fastest growing faith with numbers nearly doubling in the past decade. Where are we here in this country? Church is stagnant or it's declining. But the church under the thumb of a communist regime is growing, even booming. How can that be? There are influencers. There are influencers that are sharing a little bit of yeast. They're sharing a little bit of yeast putting out a little bit of leaven of Christ and his truth. And it can spread. It can spread under a dictator. It can spread under persecution. And it has. Let's be those kind of influencers. Let's perpetuate and share the word of God and faith in Jesus and trust in Jesus and the truth of Jesus. And let's, like what's happening in a communist area on the other side of the globe, let's advance the cause of Christ. 
we can do it. We can do it. Let's be influencers. Will you be an influencer? Will you be an influencer? Not, not an online one. Will you be an influencer for Jesus? Who here will be an influencer for Jesus? Let's be influencers for Christ and Christ alone and do as he says. Be on guard. Be on guard for letting in any of the pollution, any of the distractions, any of the things. And think about them. Think about things. It happens to all of us. It's happened to me. Or we get distracted. Someone, somewhere, they start talking. They, they can get under our skin and, and get us turned. Get our eyes focused on the wrong things. I don't want to be preaching the wrong things. I want to preach Jesus. Jesus, the gospel, the cross. Let's share that. Let's share that. Let's be people who want to do that and desire to do that and will influence our neighbors and our co-workers and our schoolmates and new people in our lives and old people in our lives and let's influence them to turn. And we can turn a stagnant church into a growing, booming church for Jesus. Jesus' church. And so if you, if you want to leave with that, let's stand and let's pray and let's leave as people who have a desire to share the yeast, the gospel of the kingdom and advance his cause. Father God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, help us to never be questioning and doubting and asking, hey, where's our bread coming from? Because we know you. Help us, Lord, if we've been shaken to not trust you. Lord, if we've been in a spot like those disciples, oh, we don't have anything to eat. God, Lord, help us to cast our cares, our burdens on you and, and to trust Jesus fully and completely. He's in the boat with us. He's the one who calms the waters. He can feed us. Renew that zeal in us for Jesus today. God, I pray that for everyone in this sanctuary, for everyone joining us online, renew the zeal for Christ and Christ alone. And let the joy of our salvation return, God. And I pray that you would take the people of this congregation, those that are here today, those that are joining online, Lord, take them and use them for the kingdom of God. May they be motivated, Lord, to be influencers for Christ, for Jesus. And to tell others, Lord, to share just a little bit, a little bit of leaven that would spread, that would be like an infection that's positive, and it would grow the church. Lord, I pray that we'd have that desire. Put that desire in any heart that's here that's been, that's been shaken or that's been tested. Lord, I pray that you would return to us the zeal for our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, and to share him with everyone around us. God, I pray that everyone in this congregation would take that today and they would bring testimonies. If they crossed paths with someone that they could say, yeah, I shared this. I put in this little bit. I got a little leaven in there. I know I put some yeast in. God, I pray that would be. And help us, Lord. Help us, God, to block out the counterfeit, to be on guard, to be alert against false things, against things that would take our eyes off of Christ our Savior, things that would distract us and pull us away from the truth of his gospel and his word, things from the, the culture and from social life and political life and all of it, God, that would distract us. Lord, I pray against it. Lord, I ask that you would just renew in us a fervor for the truth, Lord, and to share your word and your word alone. 
not the word of that person or this person or a, a popular person online, whatever, God, but to share the word of Jesus Christ. May it be, God. May it be our hearts and may it be our desire. Lord, I ask that for everyone here. Carry us, Lord, now. Carry us now. Be, be that strength beneath us, Lord, and the strength that we need as we go. And I ask it, Father God, in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.